Okay, let's start our discussion this year. Parsha Shlach, Tavshin Ayin just scheduling notes. Next week, this year will be on Tuesday night. For the Shem, that'll be the last year here in Beit Shemesh, until uh, after the summer. Next week, Tuesday night. And then, for the Shem, the following eight weeks will be uh, broadcast from Camp Kaley. As uh, Hashem, hopefully Mashiach will come before that, so we'll all be here. But uh, just in case not, so we will have the Parsha Shiurim throughout the summer. Uh, I think I might have to miss one. Uh, the, the traveling back. That's, uh, Re'e. But hopefully until, uh, until that, better next week will be Tuesday night. And then the following Shabbos, Shabbos Korach, any of our listeners out there will be in Borough Park for Shabbos, in the Young Israel Bethel, uh, Skyline residence. And, uh, and after that, we'll, uh, try to get on a schedule from, uh, from camp. But tonight, Baruch Hashem, Parsha Shlach takes place in Eretz Yisrael. This, if this was in Chutzlaritz, that would not be good. But, uh, we start the Parsha of the Meraglim, the Parsha of a number of mitzvos, and we start with the end. We'll start with the end, then we'll go back to the beginning, and then we'll end off with the end as well. What is at the end of the parsha? The parsha of tzitzis. The parsha of tzitzis, and we start off with the story of the Kloisenberger Rebbe. Source number one. Hadmar B'Kloisenberg, Zatzal, Natsal L'Chazek, Asridea, Pleitib, Machanos. He traveled as he did after he lost everything, and he rebuilt his Hasidic dynasty, but he was famous for giving chizik to fellow Jews, and he traveled trying to give chizik to the Sredea Pleitim. Yom Echad Hafta. One day he had a, got a surprise. What was it? Arba ul alumot shalchute tzitzis k'sher l'mahajrin. He found tzitzis. He got a pair of tzitzis. Kemea v'chamishim yudim histar ul avra. 150 Jews started piling around. Kal echad pikesh l'zakas of mitzvah. I want to wear the tzitzis. I want to wear the tzitzis. It's a big fight they all wanted. They all yearned. I want to wear the tzitzis. Avalohaya biyadu yosem arba. He had about four pairs. 150 men. Maosim, what do you do? Harebi hitzielem shiasu goro. What else? Make a lottery. Make a goro. What else is fair? Umishayale begoro yizkepet tzitzis. Whoever wins the lottery will get these pairs of tzitzis. Lefeta all of a sudden. Kamitoch hakahal bachur tzair. A young boy gets up out of the crowd. Mendel pshitik shmo. Mipirche chasidei gur belarj lofnei Okay. A young man gets up. Asher etziati mula rebbe. He stands in front of the rebbe and says, I have a zchuz kadima. I get the tzitzis. Shouldn't have to have a lottery. Yeshli zchuz kadima. Magia li lekabel tzitzis lo hagrala. Why not? Why, what's his zchuz more than anybody else? My chazis asked the rebbe with a, with a s- smile. Dama di dach sumak tfei, according to the Gemara. Why is your blood redder than anybody else's blood? Why do you get the tzitzis? Line 11. Amnam kein heishiv abachur. That's true. V'tochidei dibur tafas b'chol So what did he do? He took his one shirt that he had, that he was in the middle of wearing, ufaramot ala'arkam yishteitzadim. He ripped it on the side. He ripped it in half. Rebbe, I have a four-cornered garment. I'm the only one that really has a chiv in tzitzis. I get the tzitzis. I have a chi of Daraisa. Nobody has that chi of like I do. And the Rebbe was in shock. This young man wanted the mitzvah so badly. He would take probably his only shirt that he had and rip it apart because he wanted to be the one that is wearing the bag of the four corners. It which then creates the situation of chi of But he's still not sure. This is an amazing story, but does he really have the rights for the tzitzis? 
Everybody agrees. They're, they're going to have a hagrola. They're going to have a lottery. Who says, who says that, that he should be the one, even though he created this situation? The Rebbe turns to him and says, if HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants you to have it, then the Hagrala will tell the same as well. If you were pure, had pure thoughts, I'm sure the Goro will follow suit. The pressure, the, the, the metach was so great. What's going to be? The Rebbe said, the Rebbe forecast. If the Rebbe, is this boy going to be embarrassed? Is this going to be true? Me is kebetzitzis. They came close to the Hagrala. They wrote all of the names. Kalachat Kiva, Elios Musharim. Everybody wanted their name picked out of the Kalfi. Brum. And yet, But the Simcha was greater than any of them could have imagined. Berega, when they heard what name was picked, Mendo Pishtig This young boy. This young boy, Zoha in the Gorel. We see the, the desire that Simaon, the thirst that a Jew can have for the mitzvah of tzitzes. And the close of a Rebbe saying, yes, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to give it to you. So your, your thirst is justified and you created the situation and you're going to get the tzitzes in this regard. Okay, that gets us started. Mitzvah of tzitzes. And now we go back to the beginning of the Parsha. Beginning of the Parsha, again, the whole first section, as we know, the Chet HaMaraglim. The chet that took place, it's almost the summertime, it is the summertime in terms of, we think about Tishabab and the Bechia Lechinam and Bechia Lodoros, we already get into Shlach, already gets us into the mindset of in a couple of weeks is going to be Tammuz, followed by Av. The Gemara tells us, source number two in the beginning, the Gemara in Arachin tells us, Lo Nachtam Gzardin Ala Voseinu Bamidbar Ela Ala Shinhara. The final straw Right was not the Egel. The Egel was forgiven by Hakadosh Baruch Hu. That is not why Am Yisrael had to remain in the desert for forty years. Were it just the Egel, we would have gone in. But it was Lashon Hara. Lashon Hara about Eretz Yisrael. Shneemar vayenasu osi zeeser pa'amim. Right, Amar Abelazer ben Pratia. Bo rei kama gadol kochosha Lashon Hara mimaraglim. You see how great the power of Lashon Hara is. From the Maraglim. How do you see it so great? Ma Maraglim If the Maraglim got such a terrible punishment and they only said Lashon Hara about sticks and stones and earth which don't have feelings which aren't humans Hamoti Shemra Al Chavero Alachas Kama Vakama If somebody says Lashon Hara is Moti Shemra on a fellow person Kavachomer Surely, how much more so, how chomer it is, how stringent it is, the stringency of Lashon Hara. Says the Gemara, how do I know that that's the real case? How do I know the root of the chet was Lashon Hara? Mimai. Dilma mishum Rabbi Chanina Bar Papa. Ask the Gemara, maybe the Maraglim's root sin wasn't the Lashon Hara of it, but it was based on what Rabbi Chanina Bar Papa says. The Amr Rabbi Chanina Bar Papa the Meraglim had another chait. The Pasuk says, as they described it when they came back, What does that mean? They are stronger than him. Who's the him? Capital H, Chazal say. 
Maybe their chait as the Gemara was kfira. Maybe it was the fact that they didn't think HaKadosh Baruch Hu had power over the inhabitants of Eretz Kena'an. So he asked the Gemara, how do you know it was Lashonara? Maybe it was Kfira. Ela Amarava, Amaresh Lakish, Amakra, Vayamusu Ha'anashim, Bewosiyeh Dibata Aretz Bamagefa, Rav Bamagefa Ve'ashem. So we see, who died? The ones who were Motsi Diba on Eretz Yisrael. So you see it was the Lashonara on Eretz Kena'an, and it wasn't the Kfira. The question is, why wasn't it? B'nai Yisrael, Luchar were kofar in the power of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Ki chazaku mimenu. Ah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't have that power. Chazaku mimenu. And yet, why are they held accountable, according to Chazal? Because of the Lashon Hara. Why, isn't Kfira a worse Avera than Lashon Hara? Isn't that one of the Yud Gimel Ikarim of the Rambam? HaKadosh Baruch Hu could do whatever he wants. He's, he's Yodeya Umashviach. And yet the Gemara says, that is not why they're held accountable. Says the Maharal. This is a Sefer, the Maharal of the Torah. Someone put together a lot of the Maharals, Al-Seder HaParsha. So this is from the Siva Lashon, um, from the Maharal. Gemara Zutu and Ehezber. Kishachatu, and again, it's a, it's a summary of his idea. It's not his exact words. Kishachatu, Amaraglim, Amru Chazaku, Mimenu, they were basically saying that HaKadosh Baruch Hu did not have the power to fight the giants. And when they, during this time, this was the chait. There wasn't a gzera yet. And they were kofar b'ikr, basically. Which is more chamur? If somebody is a kofar b'ikr or somebody says Lashon Hara. That's the question. What's the pshat of the Gemara? Why is it worse? Ubichlal. And in general, Madua Chomer Kolkach Avon Lashon Hara Sharak Biglalu Nigzer Alem Lamus Bamidbar. And after all, there were many tests, there were many failings that Am Yisrael had in the desert. And yet, the famous one, the one that broke the camel's back, was Lashon Hara. So what is it about it? Hello, how you owe Tisha Nisyonos? Shame Nisuas Abore. The Pazik says, You tested me Yasser Palamim. So why is this one the one that really did us in? So explains the Maharal, turning over the page, source number three. Again, this is a Tazriya Mitzorah thought also, but we'll say it right here. This is where the Maharal says. Hahezbrilakahu on top. Yadua. Shaha Adam Murkav Migufinefesh. We are made up of a body, a physical body, and a nefesh, a neshama that HaKadosh Baruch Hu breathed into us, in general, almost every Avera that we could think of could be split up into one of two parts, one of two categories. Right? The chaton that I do with my body, arayos, geneva, ritzicha, physical, I act like an animal, and I do something, not using my intellect, my body overpowers my mind, and I do a chait, machalos asuros, I eat something inappropriate, I eat without a bracha, whatever the case may be. That's a physical chait, with my guf. 
והקבוצה השנייה היא של חטאים שחוטי עדה בנפשו. And the second ones are the ones that a person sins with their, with their nefesh. Not with their guf, but focused on the, on the nefesh. דוגמס העובד עבוד זרה וכדומה. עבוד זרה, it's in the head. האדם, says the Maharal now, שחוטי בגופו בלבד, most of eros, it's terrible, but it's still someone or something that would go to bat for us, that would stand up for us and say, hey, I didn't do anything wrong. My tzad, my element, didn't do something wrong. Ha'adam shechotei b'gufo bilvad, line five, yishadayin mishi yomar alav schus. Ha'nefesh malamed alav schus. Shadayin balo pagabazachet. If somebody steals, if somebody eats, if it's a physical, and I figure that has to do with a guf, then the nefesh says, what are you doing? I didn't do anything wrong. I don't agree to this. I didn't take part in this Avera. It wasn't me. Obviously, everything's connected. But in a sense, if the emphasis, if the focus of the Avera is Gashmi, so then the Ruchani part of us says, well, it wasn't me who did it. And the same the other way. Adam shechotei b'chit ha-kashur l'nishmaso bilvad kan gufo yilamid al-schus shei If a person sins in their mind, they accept the God. So what did the body do? The body didn't do anything. The body says, what did I do? I'm clean. The problem is, there's one Avera out there that's a little of both. Adam shenechshal v'chata ba'avon ha-chamor shalashon hara kan eimi sheyilamid al-schus There's no limit schus here. Why? Kivan shechetzer nase gam al yedei gufo v'gam al yedei nafshel. It's a combination. The team effort. Lashon hara. Why? How? Shaharei koach hamedaber sheba adam hu koach mikochas anefesh. As we know, the koach hadibur that we have is something spiritual, something that the animals don't have. Right? A reflection of intellect. Koach hadibur is related to our neshama. As the quotes the Onkelis on the Pasuk, by he Adam Lenefesh Chaya, Omer HaOnkelis Leruach Memalala. Umitzad Sheni, but on the other hand, the speech comes out using our physical organs. Right? We use our teeth and our mouth and our tongue. Umitzad Sheni, Osedibur Yosei Lapol, Adi Evar Gufanisha, who upend the mouth. So Lashon Hara, out of all the Averos, it's a combination. Nobody's good. Nobody's. Nobody didn't have part of this. Yotzeisha Adam Zeshachata Balashon Hara Hare Chet Ohu Beguf Ubenefesh Ve'Ein Mime Ashnayim Sheyachol Olamid Olav Schus V'Lachain Avodol Gadol Mitzvah. Says the Maharal. That's why Lashon Hara is even worse than Kfira in a sense. Kfira. That's just based from the Neshama, from the mind. Lashon Hara is both guf and neshama, and that is why it's a problem. But the Maharal says there's only one other element that I have to explain. Here, in our case, the kfirah didn't stay in the mind. They said it. Ki They declared it. So doesn't that put this kfirah on the same level of Lashon Hara? It's a little of both. It was decided in their mind, but they came out with it. Ki Line 15. Hevanu madua kochamer chayzeshal halashon achadayin lo isbayer b'mau chamer mashal moramaraklin ki chazakumi manu. Right, it's still that that the kfirah if it stays in the mind, okay. But here it went out; it became verbal, 
And once it came out, doesn't that put it into the same category as Guf and Neshama, as the Maharal? But then he gives an answer and says, no, no, no. There's a difference between the power of the Koach Hadibur in Lashon Hara and the Koach Hadibur in this and all Kfira expressions. Ela Shekan Velomar, line 19, as we would say in Lundis, in conceptual analysis, is it Siman or Siba? Is it a reflection or is it a cause? The Maharal says that's the difference between these two. Let's see what he says. No, there's a big difference. The Lashon Hara has both elements. Nefesh and Guf. The Kfira, no, still only has the Nefesh element, even though it was expressed by Dibur. Why? Hadibur shel maraglim kisha amru ki chazakumimenu. Zehu lo hayachit balashon. The expression that God doesn't have the power to do it. Is that a chait bedibur balashon? No. When was the chait committed? Already in their mind. Already when they decided, when they thought, that, when they didn't believe that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was all-powerful, that's already the Avera. The dibur is just a reflection of that thought. What we call a siman. You don't need that to have done the Avera. It just expresses what was inside. Does that add anything? It shows they're really believing it because they even express it. But be ikaron, it's still benefesh. The tongue revealed it, but didn't cause it. The real pagam was the pagam in the amuna, which already took place in the mind inside. It already started, it was just expressed through the Dibur that they went through. But Lashon Hara, let's say I think something about somebody and I really want to tell, I want to say it, but I don't say it. Did I do something wrong yet? I didn't do Lashon Hara yet. I didn't do it yet. I could want to do it from today till tomorrow, but if I don't say it, it didn't happen. I don't get the Avera. That's how you know that there the Debra is part and parcel of the course. Taking part in the Avera. It's not just, oh, you already did it, but this is bringing it out. By Kfira, I get the Avera already. So what if I say it or not? Lu'umat Zelon 26. Pegam she'ba'avon lashon hara. Shom ha'pagamu be'etzem ha'dibur. Ha'kolokel. Kan e'na pagam be'machshava. It's not in the machshava. L'cholodam yish machshavos shonot. We have thoughts about a lot of different people in our lives. We think about a lot of things. But we don't always act on it. We don't always say things on it. We have to control, we try to control ourselves. As long as I don't come to the level of I'm just annoyed, I'm upset about something, so I didn't do anything wrong. Being upset or disappointed is, is, is a normal reaction sometimes, as long as it doesn't get that far. But once we bring it out, and now all of a sudden, Allah comes in and says, Don't say it. Don't say it. Right? If Miriam would have thought it in last week's parsha and not said anything, there wouldn't have been saras. There wouldn't have been a problem. It's only because it was expressed. 
And that's what the Baraglim didn't do. So again, my answer says the Maharal stands. Lashonara is worse than other Averos because it is a Bagam, both in the Nefesh and in the Guf. I wasn't Kfira also expressed yet, but that was just a siman, a reflection, a revealing of what already took place inside. It wasn't part of the cause, and therefore, says the Maharal, it is different. See at the end, Miparshazu Nilmad, Arkama Chamur Chetol Shalmadabra Lashon Hara. We see up here the negative effects, Shebekachu Pogemu Machaser, Bein Begufo, Bein Benishmaso, Yizakenu Abore, Hashem should help us. Leos Bishomri Halashan, to be those who guard their lush. Okay. Moving right along. So we have the parish of the Miraglim, and they come back, and they speak Lashon Hara, and they are told that they can't go up. They had their chance, and they blew it. They had their chance. So what happens? Moshe Rabbeinu, after Hashem says, I'm going to get rid of them, I'll build a new nation from you, Moshe Rabbeinu says, You can't do that. You can't do that. Why can't you do that? Chil Hashem. Pas perik yudalat pas yud gimel. But Yerem Moshe Hashem, v'shamu Mitzrayim. Not because we deserve it, but v'shamu Mitzrayim ki Elisa v'kochachas amazem mikirbo. You brought up the nation v'yamro yoshev ha'ir haret hazos and they'll hear shamuki atoshem v'kerav amazem shirayim bayin nir Hashem lokecha v'heimatas amazem kishachar and you kill them in the desert. Why? That God of you know what they're going to say in Mitzrayim when they when this region is in the papers. This is going to be all over the papers. They're going to say that oh that God of the Jews he was powerful enough for Paro but not for the thirty one kings in Canaan. So he made up a story that he get mad at them in the desert and he destroyed them. But he was scared. Hashem, that's what they're going to say. You can't. And now we have a form. Of the Midos. Hashem, not like the ones in Kisisa. Hashem, uh, we're going to do number four in a minute. Hashem, Hashem, Erech HaPayim, Rav Chesed, Nosi Ovom, We have a number of the Midos. Moshe Davins. What does Hashem say? Vayomer Hashem, Salachti Kedvarecha. Fine. I forgive them. I forgive them. Right, we say this. Leil Yom Kippur. Vayomer Hashem, Salachti Kedvarecha. We say it three times on Leil Kol Nidre. But Hashem says... Don't think I forgive them and nothing's... Our heads aren't going to roll. Heads are going to roll. V'yulam chai ani. But I am alive. Chai ani. V'yimalei kvod Hashem es kala aretz. Ki kol an Hashem aromas kvod yves ozo. Sajor sizim v'israim. Anybody who saw my nisim. V'yanasu osiz de eser pahamim v'loshama v'koli. I swear, says Hashem, they will not see the inside of that promised land. They're not going in. Except for Kalev and Yoshua, obviously, but uh, he's not mentioned right here. We discussed that in the past. Why Yoshua isn't mentioned? But Hashem's lashon is Ve'ulam Chai Ani. I am alive. What does that mean? Ve'ulam Chai Ani. Rashi. Rashi just says lashon Shvua. It's a lashon of an oath. Just like I am alive and my kavod fills the whole land, so too, the truth of my existence, just like my existence is true, says Hashem, so too, my oath is true, and nobody here, between, above the age of 20, is going to make it into Eretz Yisrael. What's the, how are we supposed to understand, what message are we supposed to take by that Lashon, of Chai Ani, I am alive. 
Says Rav Pincus, source number four. Adam yachol amin v'af ladaat sheyesh borei olam. We all believe in God. We all do the first mitzvah. Anochi Hashem alokecha. If you ask somebody on the street, you believe in Hashem? Of course you believe in Hashem. Who doesn't? Ella shemitzius zu hi avuro uvda filosofit machshavtit v'sulo. But for most of us, that belief stays in our head. It's a belief, okay, I believe. Zu'ena mitzius chaya avuro. It's not a living reality. Kamo ha-Yehudi ha-Yoshev kan muli. It's not like we see each other right here in this room so we know that there's an existence, a real existence. And we can talk to each other. With HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is he so real for us? If a Chavetz Chaim would walk into the Shir, that would be amazing. Then we start shaking, we start quaking. The Chavetz Chaim! The marshal that everyone always gives. If you're driving on the street and all of a sudden you see the lights behind you and you hear the siren, all of a sudden, we check, am I seatbelted? Am I, am I, what, how fast am I going? Our stomach starts churning. Oh, what a day this is going to be. We start davening, go past me. All of a sudden, we have a very real feeling of who's behind us. Somebody's alive? It's, it's real. It's not just conceptual. It's not just mufshat. Aval Hashem but Hashem has to be that way also for us, even though it's much harder. We think it's just philosophy. It's not reality. That's the Pasik. I'm alive. I'm a reality, says HaKadosh Baruch Hu to Moshe Rabbeinu. And just like I'm a reality, my shvu is a reality. He quotes, He's alive. Yes, he's invisible, and we can't see him, but he's alive. And just because, we, don't, we also know that, that uh, oxygen is invisible, and all the other gases, but we know it's, they're there, because once we learn it, we, we know we, that it exists. And that's what we have to realize. We have to feel that he's as real as anyone else in the world, any other being. And he quotes the Gemara in Brachas. I'll leave it to MS line 13, 14. That's step one. And it's a problem. You know what? It's not only we think it's very hard. The Tanoim had problems with this. The Tanoim who had Baskols coming out of Shemayim had trouble. Says the Gemara in Brachas Chavches, Kishachal Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai, when Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai, who lived through the Chorban Abayis, was on his deathbed, Nichnusu Talmidav Lavakro. His Talmidim came to visit him. Amrulo, Rabbeinu, Barchenu, Rabbi, give us some last instructions. Tell us words of wisdom before before you pass on. Amr Lam, he says, I have one line for you. You should be as scared of Hashem as you are of the king. That's it? We should be as scared as Hashem as the are of the king? That's all? That's it? He says, work on that. That should be true. We don't want people to see certain things that we do. 
and have certain ways that we talk and what we're doing. Well, we're scared if we, we would act a certain way if other people were watching. But if we're alone, says Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, we're never alone. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Chai Oni, says, says Rabbi Pinkus. He says, that's what, that's what we have to feel. And we have to realize he's there. He's right there with us. And he quotes, quotes, that's Bitachon also. Bitachon means, no matter what the situation is, we do our Ishtabus, and then Bishekar Bishalva, everything else is out of our control. And everything is Gamzul Tova. Line 24. What does Bitachon mean? We have a father who loves us. We have a father who has everything for us. Imagine. Kedarko Bakodesh. Imagine if I, all of a sudden one day we find out that we have a close relative. A close relative who we're very friendly with who has a million dollars in a bank account. Million, he's a million, billion, billionaire, trillionaire. How would that make us feel? Oh, that's, that's amazing. My close relative. All of a sudden, we'd feel more secure. We'd feel more safe because it's my relative. And my, I love my relative, and my relative loves me. And all of a sudden, because we have that connection, you know, we, we're in a different state. Says Rav Pincus, our father has more money than we can imagine. And our father has the cure of everything. We don't realize it. He's there. And that's what Bitachun's about. And that's the Pasik. We have to realize that. What's the first line of the Ramah in all of Shulchan Aruch? I place him there. He's there. The question is, are we going to allow him to be in front of us? Says Rav Pincus, that's what we have to do. Okay, moving right along. So what happens? B'nai Yisrael are told, you can't go. You can't go. You're stuck. 40 days, 40 years. Yom Lashana, Yom Lashana, I'm sorry. Moshe Rabbeinu says, well, I saved your life. I saved you now. You're not all going to die right now. Only Yeshua and Kalev are going to go in. Pasik Lamid Tes. Vayidaber Moshe Sadvarim Ha'ele Akol B'nei Yisrael Vayisablu Ha'am Ma'ot. They went into mourning. They went into mourning. Avelus Vayisablu Ha'am Ma'ot. The mitzvah of Avelus is not learned from here. Nobody died here. They're going to die. But the mitzvah of Avelos is learned out from one of two other sources in the Torah, assuming that it's a mitzvah daraisa, which itself is a machlokas rishonim. But what's their reaction? Vayashkimu vaboker. They got up the next morning and they say, Moshe, Moshe, we're ready. We're ready. Vayalu arosha harleimar. Hinenu vialinu elamakam asher amar Hashem. Ki chatanu. Chatanu, we sinned. We sinned. We're ready now. Let's go to Eretz Yisrael. We're sorry we made a mistake. What are you doing? Hashem told you no. Tough. It's too late. You can't now. It's not going to be successful. Don't try. You're going to get smitten. You're going to get hit. It's not going to be successful. 
Moshe says, no, don't go. Hashem's not going with you. And what happened? They didn't listen. They went up. Moshe didn't move. The Aaron didn't move. And what happened? As we know, they were they were dri- driven back. They were driven back. The Fupsuk in the story of the Ma'afilin. So we now have a Yesod Gadol through the eyes of Rav Nevenzal. Nevenzal asks a simple question. We've all read these Psukim many times. Rav Nevenzal says, what happened here? B'nai Yisrael did an Avera. Terrible Avera. And they have a Gzera. What is Pasig Mem? Isn't that Shuva? Isn't that Shuva Gemura? What's Shuva Gemura? First of all, you need Vidui. Answer Rav Nevenzal. Where's the vidui? What is vidui? There are three elements of vidui. What does the Rambam say? No big tshuva. You have to say what you did wrong. They said chatanu. What do you have to say? We're sorry for what we did. They said no. They were they were upset by yisablua on the od. They were upset. What's the third? Kabbalah la'asid. What's the kabbalah? We're ready. Let's go. Why isn't that tshuva gemura? Why didn't Hashem accept that? That's tshuva. And what does the Rambam say? Shuvah is if you're in the same exact situation and you don't fall like you did earlier. So that's Shuvah Gemurah. So here it is. Now they're ready to go to Eretz Yisrael, to Eretz Canaan. Why wasn't the Shuvah accepted? Why wasn't, and not only that, it's not only, it wasn't accepted, but Moshe gets angry at them. What are you doing? Terrible! Don't do it, Hashem's not with you. What's he so angry for? Isn't this Shuvah? Unbelievable question. You can read the Pesachim a hundred times and not ask this question, but you read it and you're like, they're doing shuva. What was so bad? And then the Mafilim and they were driven back. It's an obvious question, but then once we see the answer, we'll say, wow, it's an obvious answer. Says of Nebuchadnezzar, source number five, on the bottom. On the bottom. Line seven. V'lechora. Is there any greater tshuva? Right after Moshe tells them that only their children will go in. There's an unbelievable tshuva movement. They all get together. They all get mad at the Meraglim. And they say, we want to go. Forget it. Let's go. Yeshua, Kolev, you're right. Let's go. Let's go. And he even says on the top of the next page, they did all the parts of tshuva. Charata, Vayis Ablu, Aziva Sachet, Vidui. So what's the problem? Line 7. Kasheh limso bedivrei yemei Yisrael. Mikra boshav ha'am b'tshuva gemura komaher. Where in Jewish history, in Tanakh, do we find tshuva so fast? Think about the other stories. What happens after the Korach story next, uh, next week? Right after Korach, but Israel, they complain again. How could you kill the Am Hashem? Unbelievable. After the Egel, they also didn't do Tshuva. Right, so, here they do Tshuva, the next Pasik. What's the matter? How long did Am Yisrael sin for? A couple hours. A couple hours? So a couple hours later, they did Tshuva. For that, 40 years, finished, dead, and what does the Pazak even say? They got up early in the morning. 
They wanted to go. They wanted to go to Eretz Canaan. So why wasn't that shuva accepted? Says of Nevenzal, not only was it not shuva, it was the same exact Avera that they had done before. Unbelievable. What does that mean? They were acting opposite. What do you mean it was the same Avera? Says Revet Nevenzal. Even look at one word in Onkelis. What does the word Ma'afilu mean? Right, Vayafilu. Right, what does Vayafilu mean? First word in Pasig Memdalad. Vayafilu. We say the Ma'afilu. They went, it doesn't mean go up. What is Vayafilu? Onkelis. Va'arsha'u. They acted wickedly. They acted wickedly? By going up? What was the Rishus? Okay, it wasn't Shuva, but it was Rishus? What's, ha- what's going on here? Line 22. What about the positive elements? Says, says Rav Nevezal, before we get to the final knockout answer, he says first, we always have to know that Shuva never means scrubbing the surface of a chet to make it clean. Shuva means going to the root of the disease, of the problem, and getting rid of getting rid of any vestige of hate. That's what he says on line 33 to start off. The fact that we're asking this question means that we don't really fully understand the hate and therefore the tshuva that had to come from it. We think tshuva is just rubbing the surface. You can start doing tshuva very easily, but to uproot and root out the chay totally, that is something that takes hard work. He says, he says, if you have a stain on your shirt, if I put a little water on it, sometimes it gets some of the stain out, but the mark's still going to be there. To get the real, the whole stain out as if it never took place, the stain was never there, I got to scrub, I got to work, I got I to gotta really, really do it. So it says of Nevins, I'll so to here. We're obviously just scratching the surface, trying to figure out what the chait was, and then to see what the tshuva was from that, from that chait. So let's see, let's see at the bottom, because here we go, he's going to explain. Aval, line 50. Milvad ha'aras agavzu. Besides this just general side point, ha'emesi... There was no tshuva here at all, even though it looks that way. Yeah, they want to go to Eretz Canaan now. But that doesn't mean they did tshuva. They were actually doing the same Avera that they had done earlier. What does that mean? What does that mean? Let's read the bottom. I'm sorry, the bottom line. Emesh. What was the root hate of the Maraglim? The Bnei Yisrael believed the Maraglim. In other words, they believed in a power outside of the Dvar Hashem. They realized even if Hashem says something and promises something, there could be another force externally that could be more powerful, that could override. That could get in the way of the Dvar Hashem. Hashem says, go into Eretz Canaan. But the powerful nations there say, don't come to Eretz Canaan. We're more powerful. That was their Avera. 
They believed in something outside of Tzivui HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Ela shenekudas hacheid haisa bekach. Shechjivu es anakim kigoreim atzmai. The giants were an outside force, independent. Kigoreim shinu michutz liyecholas hashlita shal Hashem chas v'shalom. Hashem is that powerful in that area. Lididam. Ratzon Hashem u goreim chashuv ma'od ba'olam. Yes, Hashem is amazing and wonderful. But there are other gormim that aren't within the framework and that might have power otherwise. And therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu said, that's, that's terrible. Va'az line 6. Mishodiyalem Moshe Shnei Zeshali realized their mistake, but they didn't go to the depths of their mistake. What would have been Shuva Gemura? What, what was their hate? Their hate wasn't hating Eretz Yisrael. It was on the surface. But their hate was really believing in a power outside of the Tzivu Hashem. And I don't have to do the Tzivu Hashem if I'm worried about something else. If I, if I make a cheshbon that some other action is better than the Tzivu Hashem, that's what I'm going to do. That was their hate. So now what happened? Says Hashem says, you blew it. You're all going to die in the desert. You're not going in. What did B'nai Yisrael say? We want to go in. We want to, we're ready now. What does Moshe say? No. Hashem says no. What do they say? We're going anyway. It's the same Avera. Says of Nebenzal. They substituted the giants for a love of the land of Israel. But if Hashem tells you not to go to the land of Israel right now, then you're not allowed to go to the land of Israel. And substituting that would be the same Avera. The Mafilim didn't do tshuva, says of Nebenzal. They were the same way blinded. They blinded themselves. They asked, and Moshe said no. If Moshe would have said, okay, now you did tshuva, fine, but not. We read these psukim, we're like, okay, finally, at least they're doing tshuva now. Finally, they want to go to Eretz Kenan. No! Hashem just said it's awesome for them to go to Eretz Kenan. Going to the land of Israel is even more important than listening to Hashem. That's what they were saying. And that was the problem. There was no Aziva Sachet here. First it was the giants. Everything is only in the context. Yishav Eretz Yisrael. The mitzvah of Yishav Eretz Yisrael is only when it's a mitzvah. But at a time in history, like then when Hashem said, Beferish, don't go, then don't go. Adam HaMa'amin says, Rib Nevenzel now, line 16, Shehamezuzah HaMehuderes Vahayafesha Bepischo, He HaMegina Alav, Someone who believes that there's some inherent power in the mezuzah to protect what's inside the house. It's the same thing as Ovid Avodazara. What do you believe in? You believe in cloth? You believe in a mezuzah? No. We have to believe in the mitzvah on the mezuzah. The Rambam said this before Rishos. The Rambam of the mezuzah said there are those that, that think it's a type of amulet and you can write whatever you want on the mezuzah, not just Shman Vahayim Shemoah. The Rambam says that's terrible. What Rav Nebedal says, we do the mitzvah because Hashem tells us to do the mitzvah and Hashem gives us shmirah. And we have to always remember 
never to be mafrid, says Reb Nevenzal, now in the last section, between the mitzvah and the mitzvah. There can never be a break between those two. And that was the chet of the miraglim. If I give a value to a mitzvah, independent of what Hashem says, right? even if it's a mitzvah, if somebody's life's in danger, you don't do the mitzvah, right? besides the big three. There's no value to the mitzvah unless Hashem tells you it's a mitzvah. In a situation where it's not, then it's not a mitzvah. So Rav Nevezal turns everything on its head, turns everything on its head. We thought it was tshuva, and really it was just a continuation of the chit. Moving right along. Tesvav. Now we get to the next section of the parsha after the Miraglim. We have a couple of mitzvahs. We have Nisa Chayayin. Chazal pick up why is Nisa Chamayin there? We have the mitzvah of Chawa, and then we have. The section regarding a carbon of the chait of Avodazara. Related. Says the Torah, the Ihaya, Perak, Tezvav, Pasik, Chavzain will start. If somebody sins, he brings a certain carbon. I'm sorry, Pasaglamid. Vahanefesh Asher Taseh Biyad Rama Minha Ezrachu Minager Es Hashemu Megadef. Somebody who sins willfully. From anyone, as Hashem Umagadefi is blaspheming God, and he's cut off. Right, he has despised and disgraced the Dvar Hashem and denied the mitzvos. Very, very strong language. The Torah says he has disgraced Hashem. Which avera is being discussed here? The Torah does not say. Does not say in Torah Shabbat which Avera are these last few Sukkim referring to? Pasaglaman and Pasaglaman Aleph. If somebody acts willfully and does this, oh, it's terrible. Does what? So we are, we are influenced by Rashi. Rashi says, Avodazar. Maybe he gets that from the word Megadef. But Rashi says, Avodazar, that's what the whole context is. Azharas Avodas Kochavim Mipi Hagvura. That's Rashi. But if you look in the Rambam, the Rambam does not say this. Where is this Rambam? The Rambam in the Moran of Uchim. Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky points out this Rambam in the Moran of Uchim, that the Rambam has a different pshat of what is being referred to in this Pasuk. We just want to know, Pshut al Shomikra. What is the, what is this? It's extreme language. Which chet is being referred to? Says the Rambam. Line, start with Rabbi Yaakov. Hinei parshazu nidreshes b'divrei chazal v'rashi l'avodazara. It's a quote of the Rambam. All sin could be broken up into four parts. There are four ways that we sin. Four ways. Right? Nobody's perfect. Only four people in history were perfect. We all sin. But there are four categories of our Averus, says the Rambam. Ha'alef. Mayhem. Hanus. One is Anus, totally out of our control. We're an Ones, beyond, beyond our, our control, right? Let's say there's, I don't know, Tinoch Shanishpa, somebody who was never taught something and they, there was no way they could have been taught something. Somebody who was forced to do something. Anus, number one. Bayes, Shogeg. Shogeg. What is Shogeg? I forgot something. I, I didn't know it was, I thought it was this and it was really that. Shogeg, number two. 
Number three, mazed. Right? Willfully. Willfully mazed. I know it's treif and I'm going to eat it anyway. Right? I know. I do it anyway. But then you have the fourth. And that's our Pasuk. Oseh biyad Rama. Says the Rambam, what's that? That's more than mazed. Mazed, willfully, could be, I can't control my Yitzhahara. Can't control it. I need to do this Avera. It's terrible. But that's mazed. But the most stringent category is Asiya biyad Rama. What is that? Shemehu amazed is a super mazed. Sheyaiz panavi yavar befarhesya. I publicly and willfully to, in order to go against God. It's not just because I can't control my taiva. To undermine everything the Torah stands for. You know what the Ramam says, which Averis is talking about? Any of them. Any of the Averos, if we do it in an Isiyah Biyad way, if, Rahman al-Islan, the category of somebody who wants to undermine the belief in God, and this could, by the way, be Jew or non-Jew. This is what Amalek stands for. To try to disprove and undermine Hashgach Hashem, as we've spoken about many times in the past. But that's what the Rambam says. This passage is not about any specific Avera. It's about a category of Avera. And maybe that's why the Torah doesn't specify. If anybody acts in this way, it's not about a specific one, it's about any of them. Okay. Continuing now, we have the last section of the Parsha, which first has Mekoshesh, the one who gathered, did some type of Isser de Oraisa on Shabbos, and then that leads right into the Parsha of Tzitzis. Rashi already notes what is the connection between these last three sections in the Torah, the last three in the Parsha. First we have Migadif, which Rashi said meant Avodazara. Then we have Mikoshesh, which is Chilo Shabbos. And then we have Tzitzis. What is the connection between Avodazara and Shabbos and Tzitzis? Says Rashi, it's beautiful. These are three of the mitzvos that are connected to Kula. Rashi first says it on the first piece. On Avodah the connection between Avodah and and Shabbos. Rashi quotes, Perak Tezvav, Pasik Mem Aleph, towards the, towards, the, uh, towards the end. He says, Lama, the last Rashi on the Parsha. Lama Nisbah, he quotes this from Rabbi Moshe Hadarshan. Lama Nisbah HaParsha's Mekoshes, LaParsha's Avodah's Kochavim, why is Mekoshesh Shabbos next to Avodah Zarah? Lomar, Shahamachalal as a Shabbos, Kiilu Oved Akum. Avodah Zarah and Shabbos, they're both connected to Akula, and Shabbos is Kiilu Oved Avodah Zarah. Shafi Shkula Kachal HaMitzvos, they're all connected to HaMitzvos. Vachain Omer Be'ezra, Vachulu, Vi'af, Rashi says, Parsha's Tzitzis. Tzitzis is also one of the seven or more uh, mitzvos. That are connected to our kula. So we have three of the mitzvahs right here: Avodah Zarah, Shabbos, and Tzitzis. There are a few others: There's Talmud Torah and the Zishav Eretz Yisrael and the Staka. A couple of other mitzvahs that are also connected to our kula. Just to quote a gra, I thought I've quoted this in the past, but 
at least according to my notes, it uh, has not been quoted yet. The Gros says that we think, okay, in general, Shabbos and Tzitzvah Zara. I think, says the Gros, there's a deeper connection between Shabbos and Tzitzvah. Shabbos, we know, there are 39 malachos. 39 malachos. Says the Gros, there are how many wines, not knots, but how many times do we wrap, do we tie the string, do we wind the tzitzes in between the knots? So there are various menhagim, none of them are ma'akev, but a common one, says the gra, the gra, the Shulchan Arach quotes a little different one, but 7, 8, 11, 13. The four sections of the windings of tzitzes, says the gra, 7, 8, 11, 13. So some of the minhag of 7, 9, 11, 13, but that's quoted in the poskim. One of the minhagim is 7, 8, 11, 13. That is the minhag of the Achrodim that the Mishnabura quotes B'Shem the Arizal against the Shulchan Aruch who has 7, 9, 11, 13. How much does that add up to? 7, 8, 11, 13 is 39. The 39 wrappings, 39 malachas. But says the Gra, unbelievable, it doesn't stop there. We know the 39 malachas, this is in source number 9, the 39 malachas we know are broken down into four processes. The four sections of the Lamites malachas. The first 11, the Gemara already has a title for it, the Sidur de Pas. The first 11 are those malachas that are used in making bread, starting from plowing and putting the seed in and threshing, dar, zore, bore, maraki, tochen, all of them, the first 11. The next 13 are... The process of making begadim, right? Gozes and uh, and the malabain and soveya and all the malachas ending off with kosher matter tofer korea begadim. Thir- those next the next thirteen. There's eleven. There's thirteen, and then you have the next section, which is the process of building, and then you have the miscellaneous ones at the end. Shemachab emavi or machabapatish hotza seven and eight. Says the Quran, not only is it general, 39, 39, but 7, 8, 11, 13 are the exact numbers that the malachas, the categories of the malachas fit into. So this does not mean that if somebody has the minute of doing 7, 9, 11, 13, you should change. It's just at least the Mishokhan says. But uh, it's at least a... An amazing gra where he says, you know, sometimes we have a minog and we think we understand the depth of it, and he just adds more depth to it in one in one fell swoop. One final thought on the parsha, and then maybe we'll end off with something on the haftorah. Rashi quotes at the end of the parsha, as we know, the Gemara from Meseches Menachos about the message of Tchelas. The message of Tchelas. Rashi quotes in short the last section of the last Rashi on the parsha. Tchelas reminds us of the Yam, which reminds us of the Rakia, which reminds us of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and the Machlokas between Rashi and the Rambam. What Color exactly is Tcheles? Is it more bluish? Is it more blackish? Uh, is it like the sky in the midday? Is it like the sky is against dark? Okay. But Rashi connects that, the message of the Tcheles. Rav Salvechik has another idea regarding Tcheles, and he discusses it in the relationship between the Tcheles and the Lavan. Source number 10, going over to 11. I'm going to give you the whole piece, but this is in the second volume of Reflections of the Rough. Symbolically, says the Rav, says Rav Salvechik, the color white denotes clarity, 
distinctness, rationality, that which is self-evident. White means clear. White's clarity. Clear-cut. There's no, there's nothing vague about this. It's pure. That's white. And he explains, so much of our life is understandable and cause and effect. And there's so much that we could fathom. Tcheles, though, is the yam, the rakia, infinitude, what's beyond human comprehension. Kisei hakavod. Tcheles, the colors, focuses our thoughts on the grand mysteries of human experience, which elude our precise understanding. The seas and heavens are boundless and beyond human reach. They encompass the abstract and the transcendent ultimate values and ends man's metaphysical quest and his efforts to rise above the self-evident and the temporal. It is this area which remains a perennial enigma, resisting rationalization and quantification. That's beyond us, says the Rav. Tcheles means there's a lot beyond human comprehension. According to the Rambam, there's seven white strings and only one blue string. According to the others, you know, maybe it's a little more too. Rashi Satosa says it's four and four. But according to the Rambam, as he always explains, most of life we can look at and understand why certain things are caused by other things, but there will always be part of life that is beyond us, that is treles, that we have to stand up and say, it's the Yam, it's the Rakia, it's the Kisiyah Kavod. And I am a human, and therefore, I cannot fathom everything. If you turn over the page for a minute, to the next page. The same dichotomy between being on terra firma and on shifting sand is also experienced in our personal lives. We have all had periods, even of an extended nature, which are rational, plans, predictable, when we feel that we have a hold on events. Sometimes life is going and we're good and, and things are running and the kids and the family and the work and everything's going and going. And at other times and sometimes things are not flowing and something happens. However, mystery, at other times, however, mystery and puzzlement intervene, dislocating the pattern of our lives and frustrating all our planning. And on the bottom left, he says, you think about it, the fact that Eretz Yisrael, the state of Israel, exists that's treles. That's not lavan. Look around us, he continues. The fact that, the, first of all, the Jewish people have existed throughout history and the fact that we have today a country surrounded by a billion Arabs who would rather us not be here. He says, that's not lavan, that's treles. There's more treles in Jewish history on the whole than there is lavan. In our lives, we have a little of both, but that's the message. I had one Talmud that... Um, he says, he says, when he heard this thought, he says, ah, that's it, I'm starting to do a treles. He says, let's treles for lava, and he says, this is what did it for him. So again, it's, uh, if somebody feels that this is uh, spiritually uplifting, then you should ask your local posek to figure out what to do. But either way, the thought is true, uh, regardless, treles and love. Okay. Just to end off with one other thought regarding the Haftorah. We know the Haftorah is also about the Meraglim. Not the 12 Meraglim that were sent at the time of Moshe, but the Two Meraglim sent to the time of Yehoshua. And one of the major questions that is asked on the Haftorah is, how did Yehoshua and why did he send them? Didn't he learn his lesson the first time? He was one of the only two that survived 
that went in. But didn't he learn from the earlier history that sending spies is not a good idea? Just go! Trust HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What's he doing? So, many suggestions given. Let's focus on one word. One word in the Navi. The first Pasuk in the Haftorah. Beginning at Perak Beis and Sefer Yoshua. A number of years ago, we mentioned the Malbim, who on this Pasuk notes every word and says there are five differences between the Miraglam of Moshe and the Miraglam of Yoshua. We mentioned that a couple of years ago, so I'm not going to do that again. Now I'm going to just mention one other thought from the Kedushi Arim. But says the Pasuk, Two men, Miraglim, Miraglim, Cheresh, Lamar. What does that word cheresh mean? A cheresh is a deaf mute in halacha. Is that what it says? What does cheresh here mean? So Rashi quotes the Chazal. Rashi quotes the Medrash. I gave it to you in source number 12. Cheresh could either mean in secret, bachashoi. That's what the Mitzvah's David says. But cheresh could also, if you switch around the shin to a sin, it can mean cheres. Cheres, earthenware, sin and samach also. What's earthenware? They dressed up as potters. They dressed up as people who sold pottery. Macheres, melamed sha'asu atman kadarin. They made themselves as potters. V'hayut svachin, harei kaderos, who needs pots? Misha, yirtza, yavo, yichen, whoever wants to have pots. Kolkach, lama, why they do that? Shalo yargish, when adam, so people shouldn't see them and and. and People don't know. Cheres. Says the Chedush Arim in the last source. Why dafka a potter? Cheres. They could have sold a lot of things. They could have sold spices. Right? They could have sold uh, I don't know, anything else. Why Cheres? Says the Chedush Arim. What's the uniqueness of a Kli Cheres as, composed, as opposed to all other Kalim? All other Caleb, how do they become Tameh? When you touch them. You touch them. You carry them. Maga Masa. They're in the same Ohel. Cheres becomes Tameh by having something Tameh hang inside of it. When inside, not Migabo, only Betocha. Why? Because Klicheres, unlike all other Caleb, which has a value to its material, if you have a metal clea, a glass clea, there's value to the metal, to the glass. Earthenware, it's dirt. It's not valuable except for its function, for its inside. That's why the tumah only comes if amitame the inside. Because it's all about it itself is useless. It itself does not have any value except for the purpose for which it was created. Says the Chedushi Ariam, that's what made these miraglim different. Whoever they were, maybe Pinchas and Kalev, according to Chazal, these Miraglim realized that they had no inherent value. And their value was only for the purpose that they were sent by Yoshua bin Nun. Like true Cheres. They made themselves like a Cheres. They're a base kibble. They're a receptacle for something. What's that? To get certain information and bring it back to Yeshua bin Nun. They will mavato themselves. I don't have any in, in independent uh, status. Unlike the earlier Miraglim. 
Kafpilu it's Ritsona Vesichlam Haim, but they Ritsona Vesichlo shall Mishalcham. Only they were, whatever Yeshua Binun sent us for, that's what they were like Harris. And that's ultimately we have to think about ourselves in life. In life we have to be like Klei Harris. We are all here. Kaddish Baruch Hu sent us here with a purpose. For 120 years, Kaddish Baruch Hu says, you know, be a base keeble for Torah, for mitzvos, just like they were then. That's what we have to try to do in life, not to focus too much on ourselves, but to focus on what our purpose is and what we can accomplish. Okay, we'll stop here. So next week, Tuesday. Tuesday night will be the, uh, the last year here. And again, then we'll pick up from, uh, from camp. And next Shabbos, any of our listeners um, in uh, Brooklyn, in uh, the young Israel Bethel, next Shabbos, Parshas Korach. Okay, we'll stop here.